John Alcorn, you know, I don't know, man, if I have seen someone, and I think I said this a while back when he first came on the network, was I don't know if I've seen someone with, someone, someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with, with you. And, you know, and I say that not to sing you out, but more so that the, 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 the drive and fire and passion in some people is not quite there for this type of an industry because it's cutthroat. It's very, you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. But also, I don't know if I've seen a person, though, who probably has been so appreciative of a chance that they were given. Corn, like I've said, though, ma'am, is, um, you know, again, you're one of the new guys on this network. And again, I know that you're very appreciative, though, of, of me kind of giving you the shot here. But I don't know if I've seen so much drive and energy and passion uh, from someone maybe other than me for this industry and for this business and for the sports media field. The Broncos are going to lose today. Never. The rising star in this industry, he knows his stuff, uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. And, and it really wasn't that difficult um, at the time. I sort of like, I, I kind of think if Ryan Fitzmagic was on the cover, I, I kind of sort of think everyone would dig it, man. Lover, he's got to come in in one of his crazy get-ups, you know what I mean? What is up, folks? Ready for another episode of That One Dude. 2020 right on the mi6 sports network and we had the honor and pleasure of getting to talk to nick the social media director slash analyst for the bucks report for my man how are you doing on this sunday afternoon i'm doing pretty good john how are you good man ready to talk some football and Tampa Bay buccaneers and uh maybe talk about the draft and anything else with the sort man yeah i mean the draft is what are we almost two, two weeks away or one week away? I mean, we're pretty close. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, feels like a quick off season when you're a Bucks fan because we had the Super Bowl and it feels like it creeped up on us this year, but she's pretty good for sure. And I wish some people wouldn't doubt the Bucks or Brady here, but I gotta ask you that, man. I mean, maybe people have asked you this, but you've been doing this for a while now. You know, you work for certain people who has been like your biggest keyword or influence working in the sports media industry Oof, man that's a good question i'd probably go trevor sycama I and mean, he's been around for a while uh he did the pewter report podcast he was with them for i think two or so years and then he went to the draft network but uh i'd say his ability to just work on social media work through twitter and get a following has been pretty uh, he's he's probably been my number one inspiration um you've probably heard of him before so for sure, it's definitely important, like I say, people make those friendships, make those people in the industry. Like I say, guys in the trailer, it's cutthroat. Not a lot of people really are going to make mm -hmm. it, Nick, and especially some people may yeah. not have the right motives. But, of course, the Bucks they just won the Super Bowl. They retained all of their players. Of course, Bruce Aaron said, you're, you know what, it's not going anywhere. But, of course, mm -hmm. you cover the Bucks for the Bucks report. What is the biggest thing you've learned from this team since Tom Brady joined March of last year? I would say all they needed was one. Uh, they needed someone to really bring the team together. I mean, they had the talent. They had Nick Evans. They had Levante David. They had Chris Godwin. They had Devin White. I mean, you could just keep going down the list. And I think everyone would probably agree that the issue wasn't talent. It was just leadership and believing that you can win. And I think Tom Brady brought that. I mean, you look at him with, he had six Super Bowls coming in. He pretty much won every year in New England. 
Uh, and not to knock Jameis Winston, but I think it was a pretty big upgrade at quarterback from a leadership perspective. I mean, we saw he had some issues with turnovers, especially with one against the Saints. He had some issues uh, in that tough stretch against um, the Chiefs, the Rams. But when it mattered, I think he performed at his best. And we saw the defense really kind of live up that too. Without a doubt, man, James Woodson had a 30 for 30, not an ESPN special. But, uh, you know, maybe what he could bring to the Saints. But like I said, <laughs> this man is uh, – I say this it's a really dumb, corny joke thing. Football, of course, nobody's more impressed about football. As you see with the books, I told people, and I know some – this is the thing. You've seen this Cinderella-type story before, mm-hmm. Nick, with Tom Brady his entire career. When the chips are down, when they push him up against the wall, Tom Brady delivers every single time. Speaking about – being humble, speaking when it comes to sports fans, myself beg against Tom Brady too many times. But for you, though, what has been the most humbling experience you have had since working in the sports industry? Ooh, that's another good question. I would say probably the the Jameis Winston. Uh, so I had a scoop that he got an offer from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this was about a year ago. Um, and you, you kind of just assume, oh, I'm going to put out a scoop and people are going to believe me. Uh, and I got, I got hit pretty hard in Pittsburgh media and Pittsburgh fans saying, oh, it's not true. Um, and it, it was kind of humbling because, you know, you, you kind of, you get your kind of 15 minutes fame, so to speak. Uh, I think I, my name was even on Pat McAfee show. So it was pretty cool, but you're also getting torn apart at the same time. So it's sort of this like, People are praising you up like, oh, wow, I saw you on Pat McAfee. That's pretty cool. And you got people on Twitter DMing you all sorts of hateful things over something that really doesn't matter. Um, so I, I would say that's probably been the most humbling experience for me, at least. For sure, man. I totally understand. And I will never get the hate people send, regardless if you agree. We talk about us being mm-hmm. humble or learning stuff in the industry. Maybe certain people that sit in the wrong space or just – send hate to people yeah. like you or yourself just because they disagree. You should be humble themselves. But, of course, man, the Bucks sign Leonard Fournette again. They get Gio Bernard. This team is just getting better and better and better. How do you see the Tim Bay Buccaneers approaching this upcoming season? Because of the Panthers, the Falcons, there's really not a ton of competition in that division. But how do you think that presents a challenge to them despite – the lack of potential competition in the NFC South. Yeah, I think the Saints are going to be an underrated team. I think everyone's just kind of wrote them off with the retirement of Drew Brees. But we saw when Brees went out uh, two years ago, Teddy Bridgewater just you know was just fine. Uh, they have the talent in New Orleans, and when Drew Brees went out again last season, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill you know were pretty effective, and they you know they won games. So. I, I wouldn't count the Saints out just yet. It, it seems like every time I hit the playoffs, they seem to choke. But, you know, for regular season champions, we'll, we'll give the Saints that for now. Um, as far as the Panthers and the Falcons, you know, the, the Panthers just got um, Sam Darnold. It's, you know, I, I don't want to write off Sam Darnold yet either. I mean, the Jets were just an abomination of a franchise. Adam Gase is probably the – was the worst head coach in the league. Uh, you know, they, they just didn't let him really improve at all. It, it was kind of a shame. And then we got the Falcons. 
I mean, I don't even understand who the Falcons are at this point. They have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. You'd think their offense is good. They had Todd Gurley last year who really didn't perform. The defense just had a, a ton of injuries. So, you know, I would say the Saints are probably still that contender. And then you've got the Falcons and the Panthers, you know, kind of at the bottom of the barrel. But as far as offseason goes, I was pretty surprised they signed Giovanni Bernard, uh, you know, with, with the cap room they have left. I would assume that they were saving it for Antonio Brown, and he continues to kind of sit out. Um, he has a contract on the table. They're waiting for him to sign it. But I, I think he's in disagreement with the total amount. I, I think it's going to just be one year, but he doesn't agree with how much it is. And, you know, it's been kind of dragging on for a while. Um you know, as far as the draft goes, I think they can just pick best player available. It, it's kind of weird, you know, we're used to, as Bucks fans, you know, top 10 pick every year. It's, you know, you mock the first round. It's always pretty easy. There's only, you know, a couple of guys. Now you're down at 32 and it's like, it, it's it's almost impossible to predict when you're not low in the first round. Without a doubt. And I call them the Aints, man, because I, I say this every single year. Despite how great Drew Brees is, and I respect him as a man and career on and off the field, the problem is, again, this I get flagged for this. Oh, you can talk about the Rams game. That was a penalty, yes. What did Drew Brees do in the uh, overtime? Then neglect that, Nick. You talk about every – they lost against Case Keenum in 2018. So this goes back. I understand. Yes, they did. Taking it seriously. But I'll give the Saints a little bit of benefit just because, you know, James Winston had the surgery last year, so maybe uh, he, he can become a good quarterback in this league. The Saints give Taysom Hill the empty Cowboy contract. But I tell people, Nick, the Falcons are rebuilding in denial. This team, since the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. has underachieved. They paid their defensive players. They show up out of nowhere. You signed Targler to a one-year deal, and you watched football for a very long time. That type of injury Todd Gurley had is beyond just his NFL career. Tyler Ridley... And he can be good when healthy. This team is just, I think, beyond contention, really, at this point. They are in denial, just like a teenager is about certain things. The, the, I give Falcons no credit just because, again, look at them. Matt Ryan, they reduced his contract, but, again, a lot of things for sure. But, of course, man, you look at the draft. You talk about, and this is the thing that I would love to hear your opinion on. The Bucks pretty much at every position, for the most part, have – what they need, offense, defense, special teams. But the one question I'll ask you is, what do you think, despite their roster, is the biggest need for the 2021 NFL draft? I think the easy answer would be, oh, we need depth. They need depth at uh, offensive line or edge rusher or defensive tackle. I'm going to give you a little bit of a curveball. And they're obviously not going to pick this in the first round or second round. Their biggest need right now is a kick returner or a punt returner. It has been so horrifically bad since Michael Spurlock was returning kicks in, in 08. I think that was the last time we had a good kick returner. Deshaun Jackson, you know, would kind of do it if he felt like it, but Dirk Cutter had no control over that. Uh, we had Adam Humphreys, who was kind of the, you know, the king at just, you know, fair catching. And he, he wasn't good, but he wasn't really bad. You know, we weren't going to muff anything. Bobo Wilson, that was an atrocity. Their special teams, if you look at some advanced statistics, is 30, 31st, almost bottom of the league. It's horrific. Um, you know, we saw in the first, I think the first quarter against the Saints in the playoffs. Um, I don't remember what his name is, but that kid could really fly. They had a kick return for a touchdown. They got called back. 
Um, it almost reminded me of 2002 against the Eagles with the opening kickoff, uh, almost going like 80 yards. But I think they really need to find someone to give them hidden yards in the kick and punt return game. Now, obviously, you're not going to do that in the first, second, third. Maybe you look at it in the fourth round. Um, but if we're talking early in the draft, I would probably go just depth at, you know, defensive line, offensive line, you know, maybe another corner. But, I mean, they can really go any way they want. Definitely, without a doubt. Again, I know the typical bland vanilla answer would, of course, be the offensive line or certain situations. But I have to say that the offensive line delivered when it mattered. And, folks, anybody that doubts Tom Brady at this point clearly has not watched enough football. I bet against some Nick in the Giants Super Bowl – or, sorry, the, the uh, Falcons Super Bowl, the Seattle Super Bowl. I am done swallowing my pride. But, Nick, this is kind of a big conversation we kind of talk about with Super Bowl champions is, or guys that it go to the Super Bowl, is being able to retain your players. The Bucs were able to retain your players, but somebody can ask you that. Do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win another Super Bowl in 2022? As long as Tom Brady stays healthy, I think they have a very good shot at it. I, I mean, this, this team was pretty crazy to watch last season where – you know, we, we had the week one game against the Saints. The opening drive, they, the, the team scores a touchdown. And you're like, oh, here's Tom Brady football. We have it. We have an offense. We have a defense. And then they go on and just get crushed. You know, they beat some bad teams here and there. And we, we start to, you know, lift up to the hype again. And then we got a tough stretch of the Rams, the Saints, the Chiefs, you know, down three straight. Uh, and now we're just hoping to get into the playoffs. Then four games at the end of the season, you know, we got that Falcons fiasco where I think they were down 24 to seven come back at halftime. You know, we're going into the playoffs uh, against the Washington football team. That game doesn't look great. So, you know, I I'm sitting here against the saints, you know, I'm keeping my hopes down because I don't want to get upset. I'm like, you know, if they beat the saints, it'll be great. Uh, but I, I wasn't really sold that they would given the regular season, obviously, you know, they go out there and they beat them by 10 we look at the next game and it's like, oh, the Green Bay Packers, I mean, we already crushed them before. So I'm pretty confident they can do it again. Now they're in the Super Bowl and, you know, I'm doing it again. I think we're just, we're just uh, primed as Bucks fans to say, okay, we don't want to, you know, live up to the hype too much because we've been, you know, crashing and burning too many years. Um, and then they beat the Chiefs. I mean, now people are saying they should get 13, 12, 13 wins. I mean, I think it's another season where you better get into the NFC championship game because that window is pretty small. You know, it's not like we have Patrick Mahomes uh, on a 15 year deal or whatever it is, you know, they've, they've got a two to three year window. I think within the next three years, they'll win another one. It's music to my ears when the chiefs, lose at the worst possible time being a Denver Broncos fan. So I love seeing Patrick Mahomes get sacked. I just I love, again, obviously I don't like to see the injuries, but I like to see when a team, my division does not win despite my Denver Broncos <laughs> with certain issues with a certain owner in the National Football League. But um, somebody <laughs> comes to ask, and we won't say the names, but I've, I've kind of uh, called them out a little bit. I'll say that for sure. But uh, somebody comes in to ask, uh, of course, Tempe Buccaneers uh, drafted, I believe, at the 32nd overall pick. What prospect do you think the Bucks could or should target in this year's draft? 
Yeah, I mean, this year, like I said, is is really, really tough uh, just because they pick so late. And, you know, every single year the draft's a crapshoot. I think, you know, top five is a bit easier to predict, uh, predict. you know, even top 10. Once you get out of the top 10, it gets pretty tough. Uh, I think they'll probably go edge rusher, offensive lineman. Uh, Joseph Asai drops that low. I'd be thrilled with that pick. Um, a lot of people are on the Najee Harris bandwagon before Giovanni Bernard. I, I still wouldn't count out running back, though. I mean, you've got uh, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and now Giovanni Bernard. They're all on one-year deals. So, you know, their contract expires after this season. You know, you need someone to fill in. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked at running back. Um, and you got, you, you got guys like Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. I think he could be a potential steal there. But I mean, it's it's tough because you've got guys that, you know, you don't expect to be there at the end of the first round that just fall and fall and fall. Uh, the, the kid's name escapes me, but um, he, he was an offensive lineman. At, I think it was Temple. There was an offensive lineman last year that fell into the third round that I wanted the Bucks to get. So there, there's always somebody that falls. Um, but those are just a few names that are on the radar a little bit. Without a doubt, for sure. I know we talk about offense line or different issues, but the Bucks, man, you make that good point here. All are one-year deals, and after the year, they're going to be gone, and don't expect the Bucks to be able to resign every player. They're going to have to see what you do with Scott Miller and different issues. Let's see if you can keep your defensive players for a certain amount of time. But i got to ask you, though, I know we talked about the NFC South and how they should approach it, but despite the maybe the competition not being as much with Drew Brees retiring, do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' path to winning the NFC South is easier or more difficult compared to the 2020 campaign? I think it'll be easier. I, I said at the beginning that I wouldn't take the Saints lightly, but they're, they're certainly a worse team without Drew Brees. Um, and I, I think the schedule uh, is a little bit easier in itself where, the, you know, obviously they do the schedule based on divisional matchups. Um, so the NFC South plays the NFC East this year. Um, but I, I believe they play the Patriots away. I think they play the Giants at home. So they have a pretty easy schedule. Um, you know, you're going to have to sweep the Panthers and Falcons. That, that's a given. And I think the Saints will be an easier matchup. We know last year they got crushed. Um, you know, but there's no NFC West. There's no Chiefs. You know, there's none of that. And, and the Saints get all of the harder opponents. You know, they have to play the teams that came in first. The year before so I, I think the path to the playoffs is the division i predicted last year i believe my prediction was 11 or 12 wins I, you know i haven't done predictions yet but i'm leaning towards 13 I, I don't think that's out of the question at all without a doubt and this is kind of what i tell people is i understand that path is easier but sometimes it can be harder because mentally you have to be in the right really quarter and you make a good point there says i shouldn't take lightly but again it's, it's just sean payton in the playoffs he has that kind of a uh playoff exit it's they for some reason he can't eliminate but maybe that changes but again they got to take it it's a little bit more difficult mentally because yes you are the best team in the division beyond out you have the panthers the saints and maybe close to them but it's going to be a humbling lesson if they can keep that up and not be distracted by, oh, or getting in their own head, oh, I'm the best team. Well, yes, you are the best team, but you have to play like that on the field without a doubt. But I'm going to ask you, though, and I'm going to 
Final question, though, because I understand you're very busy schedule. And again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. But start our group to ask here, what qualities do you look for in a starting NFL quarterback? Oh, that's a good question. I think the answer has honestly changed in the last 15 to 10 years where a lot of guys, a lot of scouts rather, would look for kind of a prototypical Peyton Manning, tall, in the pocket, big arm. You need mobility in the NFL now. And I know Tom Brady's sort of, uh, you know, not the prototypical quarterback that you see like Josh Allen. Um, but you you have to have the ability to escape the pocket and make plays uh, when things break down. You see that with Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes does it well. You, you have to have that skill set. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence will be able to do that. So uh, that's probably number one is when things break down around you, can you make a play? Um, you obviously want the big arm. You know, you, you need the intelligence too. Um, I, I don't so much care about, you know, the – the you know six four quarterback who stands tall in the pocket. I know the Broncos seem to be infatuated with that type of quarterback, uh, but I, I think mm -hmm. you know that's probably fifteen years that too late, twenty years too late. So you know it, it's somebody that can come in. Can he understand the offense quickly, and can he make plays when everything breaks down around him? Without a doubt, I still have therapy sessions on Pax Lynch because Nick, I'll admit to you, and it's just embarrassing to say it <laughs> live on air, but. When they drafted Pexcellence, I was excited about it, and I was let down very, very quickly just in the two preseason games. But uh, whoever that therapist is, we got a lot more left to go because that Pexcellence still uh, sting is still <laughs> going into effect because, uh, believe me, I vetted my frustrations about the Broncos. But, again, man, Nick, what we do on the show here is before we end it, we have to do final thoughts. Folks, we'll do, let's go to this afternoon's final thoughts. Again, Nick, coming from the Bucks report analyst, doing what he has done in his career. But, my man, do you have any, like, special shout-outs or content that you're doing or anything that you're working on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't done as much this offseason uh, just because I've been busy with other things. But uh, Bucks report will be doing live streams throughout the draft. You know, I'll be there Thursday, Friday, probably Saturday, breaking stuff down. Um, even if you're an NFL fan, you know, we'll be live during the entire mm -hmm. first round. Um, I'll probably have one more mock draft come out. Uh, mid next week is kind of a final, you know, set in stone mock draft we got on Bucks Report. And uh, honestly, I'm, I'm just really excited to get to the draft. It's, it seems like every year it comes up really slow. But this year, for some reason, it just really creeped up on me. So I'm really hyped. For sure, man. Again, thank you so much for coming on. We'll stay in touch. Do this again and talk more football. Again, folks, this is Nick from Social Media Director slash Analyst for the Bucks Report. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. Let's for sure do this again. Thanks for having me on. Sure, man. Yeah, no, no problem.
John Alcorn, you know, I don't know, man, if I have seen someone, and I think I said this a while back when he first came on the network, was I don't know if I've seen someone with, someone, someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with, with you. And, you know, and I say that not to sing you out, but more so that the, 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 the drive and fire and passion in some people is not quite there for this type of an industry because it's cutthroat. It's very, you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. But also, I don't know if I've seen a person, though, who probably has been so appreciative of a chance that they were given. Corn, like I've said, though, man, is, um, you know, again, you're one of the new guys on this network. And again, I know that you're very appreciative, though, of of me kind of giving you the shot here. But I don't know if I've seen so much drive and energy and passion uh, from someone maybe other than me for this industry and for this business and for the sports media field. The Broncos are going to lose today. Never. The rising star in this industry, he knows his stuff, uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. And, and it really wasn't that difficult um, 